Boom! Football cards collecting and investing. I'm looking at you right now. Wherever you might be watching or listening to this, thanks for all the five-star reviews. Thanks for all the subscriptions on YouTube. All the comments on all of our shows, we really appreciate it. And look, Andy, the story still is Prism. And you have been looking at Prism singles. We're going to get into plays of the week a little bit later. I had a pretty intense card show experience this past week. Learned a lot about trades and how you should handle yourself at shows. And a few extra ways for you to get steals of a deal, okay? But, Andy, let's start off with what you've seen from the Prism singles market. Yeah, so I could just start off by mentioning that the the blaster boxes and the uh, hanger boxes and the cello packs have all kind of come down in price. And I think that's because I'm seeing a lot of social media posts of people saying there's no autograph or serial number cards in the actual retail boxes that they're getting from Target and Walmart, Carter, uh, which is uh, very interesting. That's not something that Panini has typically done. Um, but when we look at the single sales, single sales are still phenomenal. We're, we're talking serial numbered veteran cards. Um, when it look, when we look at base cards, they're very inexpensive. Like they've come down a lot already. We talked about how it was first released. The Mac Jones was going for like close to a hundred dollars. The Jamar chase for close to $50. The Justin Fields was still like $40. Now we, you get a Justin Fields, uh, base for a dollar or Trevor Lawrence for, $30, the Trey Lance for $20, the Jamar Chase for $15, um, the Mac Jones, you know, is the, the highest average resale value of a base prism for around that $25 price point. But in comparison, you could see to like, you now go from $13 for a base Jamar Chase prism to a, a sold silver prism at $125. And then a, a sold orange short print prism numbered out of 249 Got a little color match there for $130. This one's got a little bit of off-center. Um, but what I'm finding interesting is that most of his silver prism autos are still redemptions. The, the only mm. ones that are sold on here that are like uh, actual actual cards are, are very rare. I love it. Look, for me, Andy, and I still stand by it, I did not see a lot of movement this past weekend at the show I went to in Shreveport, Louisiana on Prism singles. All I saw were people frustrated about Prism in general because it's selling out everywhere. Everyone is buying up all these boxes, whether or not to so, uh, hold up the sealed wax for long term or just to rip it themselves. And it looks to me, Andy, that, you know, obviously it depends on your own personal experience. People are ripping uh, some hits, but I wouldn't say it's like they're putting like a Mac Jones silver in every single pack. It seems as if the hit rate when people actually rip the uh, the the singles are is is relatively standard. Do you feel the same way? I do feel the same way. I've I've watched a lot of uh, retail blaster box ripping, even the exclusives from Fanatics that have one of those um, orange cracked ice uh, short print cards in every single pack. But it's it's a bunch of randomness. It's a bunch of randomness. I haven't seen much 
if any at all, serial numbered cards, no autographs. And and uh, the product, yeah, it's sold out everywhere. I think that's because people were starving for this new product. It's a great design, Carter. I, I'm a big fan of the 2021 Prism design. I'm not going to lie. I really like it. Uh, but, you know, I think people were starved for this product. So I think Panini kind of realized that. And so they they decreased the hit rate dramatically in the retail product, knowing people would buy it, sell it out anyways. And that was kind of maybe their strategy going into this. You know, obviously, of course, just my speculation. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with Optic, you know, scheduled to be released in, in just uh, under a month. I actually have to pull up the new release date because it moves around so much. So in the comment section below, or if you're just listening to this on iTunes or whatnot, please reach out to Andy or I. Let us know how you feel about ripping Prism and let us know how you feel about the Prism singles market. Are you guys enjoying it? Are you guys buying it? Are you guys and gals not touching it at all? There are a lot of people that aren't doing it. And let me start off with this question to you, Andy. If you were ripping Prism and you got singles, would you sell them all right now? I would, yeah, I would, I would take advantage of any limited supply that there, there is, you know, so still a lot of supply finding its way to eBay every single day right now. And, and we're seeing, right, these base cards, uh, the veteran base cards, even the base insert cards, like the base breaks, the base hype cards, uh, there's, there's brilliance, there's a, like probably a dozen different of these inserts that come in base variations. They also come in short print variations. I'd be trying to sell all of those while you have fewer ebay listings on there so you can maybe capture a little bit more that demand yeah and it it brings it to another question should you just more often than not sell all singles that you just ripped out of the box right i mean look there is an argument to be made that you should right like you know that Little kid pulled that Mac Jones one of one, sold it for a hundred K on the spot. Is that card ever going to go for a hundred K again? We were talking about this card in the football card discord, patreon.com slash football cards. Make sure you join in on that. And it's very interesting. Someone actually got that card graded. It did PSA 10. And I'm sure that person's really excited about that, but it still fascinates me that you can make a strong argument that every card you do rip out of a new product because that product is so hot, you should just sell it on the spot, such as this Trey Lance Silver Prism that you're seeing on the screen right now. Autograph, this kid's not even played it down, $865. And look, that Jalen Waddle card is a beauty. It's a gold vinyl one out of five. Still $5,000. I'm picking that all day right now because now Waddle is the number two receiver. So because there's so much hype surrounding these prospects, Andy, maybe you you, you should sell basically 99.9% of the cards that, that you do rip. I think so, especially if you're looking at it from maximizing the investment, the ROI that you get from the product. I absolutely think that's the, the optimal strategy. Uh, because there's an inherent premium baked into any new product that's released and, and you have a limited supply. And plus, we're in a period right now where everybody has the potential to do great this year. You know, it's like 
everybody's uh, fantasy ADP or, or their stock in fantasy drafts of, of how we're valuing their, their production expectations going into the season are, are pretty much stagnant right now. Now we're, we're getting very little news. There was very little news that came out the cuts from June 1st. We're getting very little news like on a weekly basis from mini camps, OTAs. And it's, you know, it's, sure, there's there's little bits of news that are, are coming out here and there that are, are changing values a little bit, but mostly people are are staying the same. And everybody's got the potential, like the draft, to go out and exceed expectations by a mile this year as of right now. So I'm going to share with you why, Andy. I, I'm staying away from, from PRISM. Right now, we we try our best not to make like blanket states statements because we want everyone to do what they enjoy. This hobby should be something that you should enjoy. And I know we've spent a lot of time talking about this product because it is the premium product in football cards and just in in general basketball as well. Andy, I'm staying away because of the no numbered cards. I have turned into a guy that just likes mostly numbered cards and auto cards. And for me, a lot of these prism autos are not on card. Now I'm not one of those guys that absolutely must have an on card auto. That's just not me. Uh, But it's a big part of my collecting. And I'll share why a little bit later, uh, a few moves that I actually made this past week. That's why I'm staying away from it because when I when I see big sales now, the sales that we're looking for, Andy, like the sales that feature, uh, you know, these thousand dollar sales off a three hundred dollar card or five hundred dollar card. That's where I've personally had the most success. A lot of them were numbered and a lot of them were autoed. Now, that doesn't mean these cards aren't nice. That is a beautiful Trevor Lawrence uh, prism silver. I love the way that card looks. I love the patch on that card. But it's just something for me that that I'm staying away from. You know, I haven't been able to look at the back of one of these cards just yet. I've mostly just been staying away not to be tempted to buy it. Um, I know they have one of ones, but I don't know if any of these patch cards are autoed. Um, that one looks like uh, 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 probably numbered 16 out of 50. I'm guessing because it does say uh, number 16. But Andy, for the most part, personally, are you also staying away from buying into breaks and just buying Prism products or the new Prism products in general? Yeah, absolutely, Carter, because uh, I mean, not only that, and I've also been burned in the past uh, doing breaks and just not coming away with anything. Yeah. And it's like, man, I could have just targeted a single and given myself a much, much, much better shot of profiting on that car because then I'm able to use my research, use my insight, my experience, uh, the whole nine yards and and the art of the negotiation on a single. And you come away with something that you're very happy with. Uh, And it's like, if you're going to rip that product, I think there's just got to be so much entertainment value in that for you. And it's got to be such a small percentage of your overall bankroll and budget that it really doesn't matter, you know? So uh, that's that's the whole thing for me. <sighs> but it's tempting, though. It's very tempting <laughs> because it is what everyone's doing. It's that, it's that peer pressure. Um, at the show I went to this past weekend, Andy, Prism was basically sold out nearly everywhere. Like even the dealers, you know, struggled to keep it on the shelves and just struggled to, to just keep it in general. 
there was uh, one group of breakers uh, that that I saw that actually had some prism hidden away so they could have it for breaks when they got back to Texas where they were from. So, man, it's really, really fascinating how hot this product has become for, once again, a rookie class to me that only has one surefire future Hall of Fame commodity, and that is a wide receiver in Jamar Chase. So for me, as far as long-term, I I hinted at this last week. I've talked about this some in the Discord. I'm just not on fire about Prism. And it's one thing, Andy, with all the analysis that you've done on this channel and just in your videos outside the podcast, mentally, when I walked up to, like, when you see all the cards in front of you, and you see the prices, and you see the rarity, and you see all of that, and you're like, well, I could just buy this card. It's right there. It's the good old-fashioned family guy mystery box joke, right? Uh, you don't know what could be in the mystery box. I'm sure you've seen that that before. I That's just how it is for me. Mentally, I can't get into buying a box for when I rip it, I'm immediately going to sell those cards in the box. It, it Mentally, I know I would have to. So, Andy, for those reasons, I am also staying away from 2021 Prism. Now, as far as football cards in general, obviously, Andy, the prices for other cards and just the market is always going to be affected for when a new product's coming out. As you mentioned to me before we started this show, Optic is around the corner. So for me, the football card market uh, market is, is is still popping, baby. Yeah, Optic is actually scheduled right now for July 20th. Um, and you have mm. Contenders Optic, though, scheduled to be released tomorrow. And that is a hobby-only product. It is one that I like. I like the Contenders Optic Rookie Ticket Autos. It's $600 for a hobby box. It's the only way you can get it. And that is one pack of six cards for $600. So basically, you're paying $100 per card on average. And uh, you're only guaranteed two autographs in that. So it's it's still one of those things where I'm going to stick to singles. I'm going to wait till that product circulates in the marketplace. Stick to singles. Um but Carter, going back to just general market health, yeah, it is very healthy. We're still seeing a, a very healthy volume of both auctions sold and buy it now sold for graded cards on all all the big name players. Um, you can still see, like, if if you were to actually like look and explore some of the big name players, their graded cards, we're not seeing a big change in either direction of their values. Um, certainly you can see some little dips here and there on like super base stuff that you just know, typically if it was in a raw format, this would be a card that's only worth a couple dollars, even on Joe Burrow. But when, when you have that grade of a 10, whether it's a PSA, BGS or SGC or even CSG now, there definitely adds quite a bit of value to it. And there's still a lot of transactions on these guys every single week. It is very healthy. We're still seeing a lot of transactions coming in on Baker Mayfield right now. It's still getting quite a bit of, of hype, and people are buying him. You can also see a lot of people are transitioning to buying retired players and Hall of Famers. Julio Jones, Phillip Rivers, Marshawn Lynch, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger. 
you know, guys making this uh, top, you know, kind of move in the last week. And I think that, you know, that's kind of the point we're at in the offseason. You know, yeah, we're going to talk about guys that are retired and uh, guys from yesteryear. Wait, are, are you saying, Andy, that the card market is maturing and saying, look, this Eli Manning guy was pretty good. This Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> guy was also a, a pretty good football player. Are, are we seeing smarter football card buyers? We absolutely are. And that's and that's the, the, the point that we're in in the offseason. I don't think that it's necessarily a permanent uh, evolution or maturity, <laughs> but I think it is um, – you know, somewhat it, it gives people, especially if they're new, you know, this point in the offseason, it gives them a chance to uh, research cards from retired players, Hall of Fame players, uh, players that are still relevant as well. You know, whether they're creating content or on TV and stuff like that. And uh, but, you know, when the season rolls back around, obviously, uh, most of us are going to shift our focus back to the the active players and, and how performance is going to recalibrate the prices of their cards. Mm. Mm. I love it. Uh, and as someone that is a buyer of a recently retired player in Drew Brees, I, I like that people are becoming more interested in these types of cards. Once again, it goes back. Would you rather get a really, really rare Drew Brees card for 300 bucks? That's something I did recently. Or would you much rather spend that on two prism mega boxes just for you to rip one silver kenneth gainwell rookie it it honestly just comes down to your philosophy if you like that you go right to it um one thing i i found to be pretty interesting andy and i, I want to spend some time talking about you know some of these middle tier quarterbacks kind of shocked some value in kyler murray i am a big big kyler murray believer and I, in fact, made a big play on a Kyler Murray card this past weekend at the show. And I'll get to it in just a second of how that deal went down. But I I, I like Kyler Murray a lot. I know Derek, who is in our Discord, is also a Kyler Murray believer. I think there is uh, some, some good opportunity there for this guy in a weaker NFC to, even without DeAndre Hopkins, have a really good year. Yeah, he, he's definitely got the athletic potential, right, Carter? I think the only thing he's lacking is that uh, that leadership persona, just emitting more of that positive energy. You know, uh, the little things that Joe Burrow does, that Tom Brady does, that make them such a household name, make them such a superstar in the NFL. Even Aaron Rodgers has done this a little bit more as of late, as he's grown older and, and wiser and Certainly guys like Mahomes and stuff, they do it a lot. We see it a lot. You know, just just smile a little bit more, Kyler. You know, like <laughs> emit trying to emit some more of that positive energy. I think that would go a long way to him becoming more of a household name nationwide and and taking his rookie cards to the next level. And obviously, of course, winning and, and being a number one quarterback and all that stuff goes a long way as well. Man, I I, I just don't get it. I just don't. So this was a big play that I made this weekend, Andy, and I want people to flame me in the comments all they want. I'm holding it up right now, this three-color uh, rookie patch auto limited out of 49. So I saw it, and I walked around for a while, and I used some of the tips that people gave us a few weeks ago when you were going to go to a card show. So I looked at all those tips, and, you know, one thing um, – 
and I'm not sure if I saw it in that comment section or just in, in general or watching other card vlogs, was if you're able to scan the entire room, do it as quickly as you possibly can so you could see what all you have to work with. Um, I actually didn't go to one table. For some reason, I just didn't stop by this one table. It was there's someone, you know, doing a deal or something like that. And that table ended up being the best table. Like they had like some short print Tyron Matthew cards that I was interested in. It was the only table. So always, if you can, when you go to the shows, try and see if you can go to all the tables just to see if there were something that you liked. And I saw that Kyler Murray card and I was like, man, I'm interested to see what he can move that for because I know the Joe Burrow versions of this limited card went over a thousand dollars so i was like okay this Kyler murray card is going to be pretty expensive and i went to the table and then i did an ebay search and they were going for roughly 250 to 300 dollars this guy wanted 300 dollars for this card so long story short to get the deal done he threw in a russell wilson uh just regular base tops rookie and a zion williamson base top rookie and uh andy let me know do you think that was too much uh for these cards it was you know just your typical tops russell wilson and zion williamson base rookie card i know we're not a basketball channel but you know i was trying to get as much value out of the deal that was something that he was willing to put in there he wasn't going to go below 300 he honestly wanted 350 i believe and uh it, it's it's very interesting. I, I I think I walked out like a like a bandit. What say you? I think you did too, man. Especially for an RPA serial number card. I know it's a little horizontal formatted uh, card is not quite as liquid from what right. I found as a vertically formatted card, but it checks all those other boxes: serial number, uh, jersey patch, even though not from a game. But it's got multiple colors, and it's it's That's autographed. Color, it's rookie. You know, so I like all that stuff about it. I think the 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 Russell Wilson base tops rookie card is is great too. I think that's a probably a grading candidate card based on the condition. That comes back a ten. Now you're looking at a hundred dollar card there at some point this year. So I think he did really well. A Zion, I think, is a PC guy for you playing in uh, New Orleans, right? Yeah. So you got some PC value. Plus, I know that you know Russell Wilson is kind of a PC guy for you as well. So. I think you I think you made out really well, man. If anything, they is good one touches, right? If I don't want these cards anymore. <laughs> huh? Huh? But yeah. th- but I I I've noticed this just not only at 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 this show, but just in general. Like I do see people complain when they when they rip a prison pack and they're like, God, I could have had that card for for that amount of money. And this is one thing I do want to bring up. Don't ever rip just a single pack out of a box okay now what i mean by that andy as you know there is a cello pack that is sealed that you could buy from the store that has never been opened get those packs but never do the like when a dealer has individual packs from a hobby box and you didn't see them open the initial hobby box never actually just buy one pack out of the hobby box because the auto might've already been pulled out of that box, right? You never do that. Never, ever do that. Andy, I, 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 I've seen people do this all the time. And 
more than likely there is definitely not going to be a hit on it. I saw someone spend $45 on a solo pack on, on Prism uh, out of a hobby box. And uh, of course you didn't land anything. Mm, that is, that's a uh, risky proposition, man. It, it's, it's gotta be such a, just, um, you know, Hey, uh, I got $45. I just want to blow just for fun. It's literally buying like a scratch off lotto ticket, probably with less, odds, you know, of, of, you know, making that money back. And that's, that's kind of the way you have to look at it. There, there's no skill involved. Actually, if anything, the house is set up to win, right? Just like you're talking about the guy that, that broke open that hobby box. Literally, he could have a, a kitchen scale underneath his, his table back there. He could weigh the packs out real quick. Of course, the RPA is going to weigh more, even if it's just by a couple grams. Now, all of a sudden, you, he's able to tell which one's got the, the hit in it, and he takes that one, opens that one. Or the same thing with cello packs. Like, stay away from cello packs and retail because those are the most manipulated card packs you can find. Uh, people, there's people that have, have shown that they know how to open the pack, take out the, whatever hits are in there, seal it back up with some base cards. We've seen that happen. We've seen people weighing them, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, I would stay away from cello packs and, uh, yeah, buying individual packs or even on eBay, when you see repacks, hot packs, I mean, that that's a seller that's setting up those packs. That's actually putting the cards in those packs. You have no clue if they're actually being honorable with what they say, hey, I'm putting a Justin Herbert or whatever in, in one of these packs. That's just, I don't know. That's just throwing money down the wishing well, if you ask me. <sighs> Those hot packs, baby. The hot packs. Let's go. Huh? 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 Um, but, yes, I'm, I'm fully into Kyler Murray. That was actually going to be one of my plays of the week, but I went on ahead and and spoiled it. Andy, before we get into plays of the week, is there anything else that, that really stood out to you over this past week in, in the hobby market? Yeah, man, I, I've been really excited to find some really juicy auctions that have been ending on a daily, nightly basis. Now, there is quite a bit of competition. Like, we were watching a ton of Michael Pittman Jr. auctions on Sunday uh, and we were watching some Rashad Bateman auctions, some AJ Dillon auctions, and uh, just some of our favorite skill position players. And and we we're like, man, these prices are fantastic. We're all following them in the Discord server. And when it came down to the final minute, here comes the competition flooding in, uh, and they were getting bid up. Um, and shout out to our guy James eighty eight and Chris Khan over in our Discord server. They lost out on a ton of those auctions Sunday night. And uh, so you really, you know, stay vigilant because there are some very good auctions. There were a couple wins that I was like, oh, that's fantastic. But, you know, overall, there is still quite a bit of competition in the market for, you know, desirable cards on skill position players, even even some defensive players, too. Mm, I love it, baby. Show me your Tyron Matthew cards, baby. That's what I want to see. So it's now time for hobby tip of the week. Last week, I was fooled by an edited clip of of something, and I felt like an idiot because that clip was like not something I stand for. It was really bad what that person said. We we apologize for it, but we're gonna do it again. I. I'm wearing my jersey from when I visited the Stonewall Inn. So I'm very happy it is Pride Month. And what that guy said was indeed very, very, very bad. So I really do mean that. I heard the first clip of 
uh, a clip from a big Instagram account and didn't sound like he said anything bad, but he did say a lot of really bad, 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 bad things. So we want to make sure that that's clear. So yeah. And as far as like hobby tip of the week, man, for me, this is the biggest thing. These dealers want to make deals at shows, right? So bring cash and be ready to talk business, okay? Now, Andy, there are a lot of people when it comes to football cards. For this hobby tip of the week, I want this to be crystal clear. Some people view this as just a business, okay? They don't care about your feelings. They don't care about your PC. They don't care about any of that. They don't care if, if a card is being sold to someone that really wanted that rare version of a card. It's a business. I met not one but two of those dealers this past weekend. And when it was funny about it, Andy, they were the nicest people in the whole building. Not nicest people, right? They were the ones that were also most willing to buy from me, okay? I almost closed a deal with one of these dealers. He was asking for way less, less than $100 for what the lot was actually selling for on eBay. And he even said that. And he said, hey, I, I know I'm lowballing you here, but this is giving me extra room. Here's the cash right here. You could take it. And he would be having a steal of a deal. It's very tempting to do it. Sometimes you probably should do that and just take the cash so you don't have to worry down the road getting the actual full value and shipping the card and all of that. That's how those guys make money. It really is for, you know, setting up, they get a lot of these straight up cash deals. So understand that, right? This was my first show I went to in a very long time. Okay. Some people are in this strictly for business. Don't get your feelings hurt about that. And even people that are diehard collectors, they're also in this for the business. It's nothing personal. So don't take this personal because, Andy, there, there's a lot of money at stake here. I've heard this from several people that there is a lot of dealers at shows that want to buy. And so I would absolutely come with your case, your, your cards ready to trade or potentially sell or even bring some sealed boxes if you want to move those and make some cash transactions, make some deals. Um, yeah, that's a fantastic tip, Carter. Yeah, and, and look, it, it's kind of disintegrating when you hear someone say, yeah, this is just a business for me because, you know, it's more for business than us. But here's the thing, Andy. There's some people that watch our stuff and listen to our stuff, and they're only looking at it as a business as well. So don't take it personal if there are some people out there that, that feel this way. Now, Andy, do you have a hobby tip of the week? Yes, yes, and and business can be fun too. So you you can mix the two together. I want to and I want to shout out uh, a guy that's kind of done that. And uh, this product, this company was introduced to me by shout out to Jonathan Taylor Cards in our our Discord, our Patreon, and the community. Shant over there, uh, KurtzCardCare.com is a pretty new company but what he's doing is absolutely fantastic and we're not affiliated with him whatsoever but what he's able to do i would absolutely go follow him because he's got card cleaning products that it 
that is taking people's uh, surface issues and removing them and, and helping them get tens on these cards. You've absolutely got to go check out some of the stuff that he's able to get off of cards, which have noticeably improved the grade of people's cards. Um, he's helped a bunch of people get tens, whether it's a scratch, a smudge, a uh, potential like print issue on the card. His products uh, are fantastic. I've I've heard a bunch of testimonials, um, and they're very reasonably priced as well. So that's that's my hobby tip for this week. I've watched his YouTube channel and watching him clean cards. It is the same guy, right? Yeah, it's the yeah. same guy. Yeah, I like that. Ah, ah, ah. Look, um, and even if you don't use his service in particular. If you are going to submit or if you are going to a show and you want those cards to look crystal, clean those bad boys, baby. Uh, mm -hmm. Get you that microfiber cloth. Now, this is super advanced cleaning right here. Um, if I were a cleaning service, I'd be a mop and this guy would be a like super duper express car wash. <laughs> uh, I mean, th this guy is in incredible. Uh and it's Kurt with a K, by the way, if you're listening to this. Um, it, it's it's very interesting. Clean your cards if you're going to submit them so you can get your absolute best grade. And goodness, man, this I, I need to hire this guy uh, myself. Uh, Striving for Tins is another Instagram guy that I follow and look at some of how, how he cleans some cards. So there you go. Now, Andy, play of the week. Are you going to go first or am I going to go first? I go first, um, and go. I'm going to a team in the NFC North, the Detroit Lions. I believe they're a dark horse team this year to make a drastic improvement. Um, they're a team I'm betting to exceed their their Vegas win odds. They're a team that I'm betting on potentially dark horse to compete for the for winning that division in the NFC North. They could be on the on the up and up this year. So I like having pieces of that offense. And I like uh, TJ Hawkinson on, on the offense as a tight end weapon. I mean, he's one of the best tight end prospects we've seen the past several years. He's still really young, incredible receiving talent, receiving profile, fast, explosive, uh, good hands, big wingspan, the whole nine yards. I, I think that uh, the Lions are going to be very competitive this year. And so I would – and from what I've seen, like his prices are still very favorable, and, and he's definitely – um, going to be one of their main receiving options in the offense. And so that's my play of the week. I love it. I also like DeAndre Swift uh, as well in that offense. I think Jonathan Taylor-ish is in his range of possibilities. I really, really, really do, uh, especially in Detroit where, you know, Jared Goff, I believe, could be a check down Charlie. I, I, I think Swift is, you know, a top – three finisher in fantasy this year and i'm still drafting them in my underdog best ball leagues and and you know i'm still going to draft them in my fantasy leagues he was a value in last year's fantasy drafts guess what he's going to be the same this year so be on the lookout for d swift as well now for me andy if you go look at vegas win totals and and all of that you can see which teams vegas actually likes a lot and one of those teams is the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. So I'm going to give you two players on that team. You mentioned Rashad Bateman a minute ago. Mm. I'm not as high on him as others, but the others are very smart fantasy people 
that love them some Rashad Bateman. Now, I have a lot of his college cards, a lot. But for me, Andy, what really makes Bateman interesting is there's not much target competition for him outside of Mark Andrews at tight end. And I think this year teams are going to try their best to see if Lamar Jackson could throw to the outside more than just allowing him to kill you with his legs. So I like Rashad Bateman's physical profile. And as a semi-play as well, take a look at potentially Lamar Jackson. If you can get a really good deal. This is a guy that's already won an MVP. This is a guy who, by the way, has one of the best head coaches in the NFL. And his team was as unhealthy as a team could be last year. So for me, Lamar Jackson, if you can get an auction at the absolute right price, I think that's a play. This is an MVP. You know, you're talking a minute ago about Kyler Murphy's star quality and the personality and all of that. Lamar Jackson's a superstar personality. You can't go anywhere and not see a kid wearing a Lamar Jackson jersey. It's truly incredible what that guy has as far as a fan base as well. I still think there is room for him. Now, there are some of his super rare things that are already really highly priced, but still, Lamar Jackson's still very young, and I still think he's going to have a big year next year. Yeah, he's got so much standalone value too, Carter, with his rushing ability. I mean, we've seen him evade four or five guys in the pocket and defenders and rush for a 50-yard touchdown in that playoff game against Tennessee uh, last year or the year before, uh, slip of my mind. But yeah, his his rushing ability is just insane. He does some seriously special things on the field, uh, but he's still going to have to throw the ball this year. And he's he's gotten better as a, as a thrower. Uh, he obviously had a down year last year, but the year before, like, I mean, the guy can throw the ball, especially like uh, over the middle, uh, deeper down the field. He can absolutely throw the ball. So um, I like that Rashad Bateman play. We talked about du- Devin Duvernay last week and and uh, got Bateman and Lamar Jackson this week. I, I like the Ravens this year to exceed uh, expectations, man. And his card values are down. So I like to play. And think about it this way as well. You look at the Ravens division. We don't know what Deshaun Watson situation is going to be with the Browns. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are expecting regression with the Bengals. And I I hope that doesn't happen. Jamar and and Joe are my guys. Um, But I, I could see some regression happening with Cincinnati. And the Steelers just aren't a good football team right now. I know they signed Minka Fitzpatrick to a deal. I I do think Mike Tomlin is not the same coach. I, I think, is he still a very good coach in the NFL? Yeah, but at the same time, he's had some of the worst playoff losses. And last year, they got blown out of a lot of games. They were not really competitive really at all. And they kind of just snuck into the playoffs. And a big reason they did is because Baltimore was so hurt. So I think the Ravens are as a team, just very undervalued. And I think next year they're going to be a big, big, big team. Now, one little side note for play of the week, never discount what someone else isn't collecting just yet. Right. We don't spend a whole lot of time on on it on this channel, but maybe just one day, Andy, fingers crossed here, maybe defensive players become a thing, right? 
And there are a lot of elite, elite, elite defensive players whose cards still sell for dirt cheap, right? It still blows my mind, and it's just how it is. I have shifted more towards quarterbacks. That Trey Lance cards are, are just so, 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 so much when he's not played it down. And TJ Watt cards from more rare sets. Andy, you can build a nasty, and I mean a nasty TJ Watt collection if you are a TJ Watt fan out there. You could be, you could build one of the, you could be known, whoever listening to this right now, if you are a big TJ Watt fan, you could be known as a TJ Watt guy or gal watching this. You can do it, right, for a tenth if you want to be the Trey Lance guy. So just keep that in mind as well. So there you go. Yeah, that defense should still be really good this year. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. If only defensive cards can become a thing. And I know I'm a defensive card collector. I, I Whenever I make a defensive card comment like that, I always want it to be known that, you know, I'm a Tyron Matthew collector. Still, it still blows my mind, like some of the tyrants I can get for, you know, PSA 10 rookie variation, one sold for 30 bucks this past weekend. It still blows my mind. It, it, it still blows my mind how cheap some of these cards can be. But Andy, great episode, man. You, you yes, sir. Yeah, I actually, I actually scored a nice defensive player, a safety on, on my team that I'm excited to share with you guys uh, in an upcoming mail day. Incredibly rare card that I got for a fantastic deal as well. That's what he did. Okay. I blew you away. I blew you away. No, 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 no. Because we always do this at the end of the episode. But this That's is what right. that this is what that player is known for. And That's what he's known for. It's famous. Yeah, so you gotta see the mail day to know exactly what Andy's talking about. And until next week, we'll see you, baby. Peace. Peace. I think this is the earliest we've ever recorded. Well, it's a, it's the best time. Right. It is, man. Brains are fresh before all the challenges of the day begin, right? Mm. So, what's uh, what what do you normally eat for like breakfast and stuff? Like, do you? Dude, I've been on a I've been on a new diet uh, the past few weeks. I'd say almost a month now. That's been incredible for me from an energy and efficiency standpoint. So I just been I normally just drink a couple cups of coffee and then uh, I'll have like typically like around 10 o'clock. I'll have a smoothie, a strawberry banana smoothie with some coconut juice and this green powder that's got a patent that's called uh, Paradise Protein and Greens. It's got this ORAC bl- uh, blend of uh, vegetables and fruits that apparently triathletes and marathon runners they swear by this stuff they've got a patent because it's uh it does all kinds of good stuff for your lung health and and energy and everything so i don't know but there's like a list of like 50 different fruits and vegetables in it and i don't know if it's all psychological or if it really does make me feel more energetic and efficient throughout the afternoon but i've been loving it what do you do no, I just eat a power bar. I need to do what you're doing. <laughs> you said vegetables and fruits. Smoothie. Oh yeah, there's all yeah, there's all kinds of vegetables and fruits. I'll send you a screenshot of it. I was talking to Brandon about it the other night. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking at all this. Uh, I it, 
this Baker, I don't know how this happened. I don't know how I overlooked this. This Baker Mayfield card that I traded uh, traded for at the show for the Jerry Rice PSA 8 mm-hmm. and this Chris Paul game-worn jersey. Uh, I don't know how a sealed card has a ding in the top right corner, but I didn't see it oh. when I traded it. But I still think it's going to sell. Yeah, that was what was it numbered out of three ninety nine autograph yeah. patch, one ninety nine on card yeah. auto, nice thick patch, nice thick uh, patch. Yeah, you know it's got to be from the manufacturer or whoever ripped it. Is it, is it sealed by Panini or is it sealed, yeah, sealed by a breaker? By Panini. It's sealed, sealed by, by Panini. Panini. Yeah, Panini, Panini sells a redemption. Yeah, so I don't know how that happens. Uh, uh, factory workers, <laughs> you know, yeah, somebody in the in the factory. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, the whole thing was kind of crazy. I, I think it's like not like your typical show because some of the people that dealt with me knew like knew me. Mm-hmm. Like it was a little bit different than if you walked up to a stranger, which is why you know I kind of wanted to do like the uh, the the Kyler Murray deal. Um, because, uh, I wanted to actually do a card show deal because, you know, I watch all these guys on, on YouTube. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was smart or not, but I listed it for nine ninety nine. I think I already got two watchers. Uh, I'd be interested on a study. How, how, how many watchers. If there was a way to do this, mm-hmm. how many watchers actually turn into sales on eBay? Hmm. I like how many watchers you need to turn? Like what's the ratio of watchers to actually someone making an offer? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. I wish there was, I wish there was a way. Kind of uh, like that old uh, call, uh, cold calling or sales statistic that I, I heard of. When I was, you know, growing up, like reading all those books is like you would need to do 10 cold calls to turn to get one in-person meeting. And then you would need 10 in-person meetings to get one sale kind of thing. Mm. So I don't know how that how that correlates over to eBay, but I mean, it kind of makes sense. Uh, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I, I it, it, I, I think about it all the time, honestly. Like, uh, like how much does that actually matter? Um, but what what was fascinating about it is, like, I was looking up like Joe Burrow's sales, like I told you the other day. Mm-hmm. And this same card, uh, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, uh, this Joe Burrow version of this card goes for over a thousand. And I was shocked, like. Cause I, I, that's why I bought the card. Cause I was pretty sure. Cause I look at Joe Burrow cards often. I was pretty sure I was seeing that. I was like, okay, Joe Burrow, limited, on card auto three color patch, goes consistently for over a thousand. Why couldn't Kyler? I mean, I think at some point Kyler Murray's going to get on Joe Burrow's level at some point. Um, if well, he's already played at his level, if not better. Yeah, from a production standpoint. I just understand why Kyler Murray stuff isn't more expensive right now. It's that whole because, like, you don't see Kyler Murray on the field going, hey, hey, Mr. Ref, I'm, you know, I'm Kyler. 
you know, let's have a good game today and like lifting up. It's that whole thing, man, of just being a, a natural leader, being likable, like his whole demeanor. You could just tell like he's a guy that you would want to be around and hang out with. And he just like, uh, you know, he emits that positive energy and that that kind of like positive. Even when he got injured, he was like, don't worry about me, guys. You know, I'll be back before you even realize it, you know. No, I, I I see I see what you're saying. And it's Kyler Murray's always got this mm, on his face. You know, <laughs> I feel like he's always got this mean mugging <laughs> look. 